This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, this is Sharmila Ganesan and Sharad Kutin. Tonight, we're talking about travel and more specifically about making plans to travel. So we want to hear from you. What kind of traveller are you? Are you a planner? Or are you a spontaneous soul? And where do you plan to go in 2024? Call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U-Mobile number, 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08 and I'm going to be honest, our story today is equal parts, lots of headlines coming out about travel, uh, but also just we felt like talking about traveling. I mean, it's January. I think it's a time when you kind of look over the next, the coming year. Um, lots of people are talking about the next holiday, where they might go, whether they need to start saving up. So it felt appropriate actually to talk about this, this notion of planning to travel and and whether it is in fact better to be one of those people who you know have your dates locked and flights booked early on um, or whether there's some merit in being a big being a bit fast and loose with it yeah and it's also a Friday and yes. so for some uh, just the weekend is enough to uh, spring into action and do something because you don't have to travel far I mean you could be traveling within the country oh, within for your sure. state Juti, Juti, right? Malaysia. yeah there's yeah. all kinds of things you can do right but uh, I think that uh, the I remember a time when Malaysia wasn't a country where people took overseas holidays frequently. You know, it was just, it was pre-budget travel, air travel. It was a time where, yes, people did holidays but um, or trips, but they were few and far between, right? And so we hit a level of, I think, affluence that has now made this the dominant mode of thinking when it comes to how do you spend your time and where do you go to have fun? And um, that sea change, I think, is quite revealing. So a couple of domestic uh, travel trends that have emerged. Um, it does seem, actually, Shira, that Malaysians are seeming to prefer local holidays over international travel. I mean, maybe not really surprising because of how expensive it's getting, um, exchange rates being what they are, because the number of domestic tourists actually increased by 20% uh, in the second quarter of 2023. Um, And we're also seeing an increase in searches on Airbnb for local places to stay. The top five most searched cities for domestic travel actually are Kota Kinabalu, Johor Bahru, Georgetown, Kuching and Alusta. But um, this thing also caught my attention. There's an increase in people doing um, what's being known as... uh, I don't even know if I'm saying this right. It sounds like a bad word. Leisure travel uh, or business leisure travel. Basically, you have a work trip or a business trip and then you in, you in, you sort of extend. extend that to include leisure activities because, you know, you probably don't have to pay for your flight or your hotel for a certain to a certain extent, right? Um, and so I think there are a few different things that are going on in terms of people genuinely wanting to travel. And I think that's still that post-pandemic like desire to, to kind of be outside and do things, but also tempered with the fact that things are increasingly expensive. Travel is expensive. Um, Our ringgit hasn't really risen very much. And so 
trying hasn't to do hasn't risen. You mean it uh, hasn't, hasn't risen, fallen that hasn't so risen more than we would have hasn't risen any more than it <laughs> fell last year is what I meant to say. I'm trying to give a positive spin to the story. I know story. what you're trying to do, uh, but you know. So I, again, I want to come back to this idea because I recently visited a country where somebody was saying to me, "Oh, you know." We never took holidays in the past. And if we did take a holiday, essentially it was going to visit your grandparents in their house. You know, and uh, but uh, and that country is now gaining is becoming more affluent. And so things are changing. So before my friend's very eyes, they are seeing uh, travel and leisure. What is the secret Jeff- country? Which well, are. actually it's Bangladesh. <laughs> but, you know, and so the, the, but the point is, you know, can't, we move, right? I mean, there's never, it's not always been true that we've had these opportunities. We've had the resources. Yes, the ringgit is weak, but it's still reasonably okay. You can go to countries. That's why I travel to countries where their currency is oh, equally absolutely. bad. Oh, absolutely. No, that's, that, well, <laughs> that's the other thing. I find myself making choices to go to places uh, which are tremendously interesting, don't get me wrong, but also I I really just get more bang for my buck. I I get to eat really great food and stay at really nice places without bankrupting myself. (laughs) Like if you go to Europe or something. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think, uh, or Singapore, uh, because that's also very expensive for us. But uh, yeah, I I like the idea that, you know, generation, we've seen a generational trends, uh, so changes in the definition of what is pleasurable, what travel should mean, uh, and, and, and then the infrastructure that has supported that, right? So budget airlines have supported that in many ways. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I have friends for whom they would not compromise on their foreign holidays. I mean, it was just, this is the bottom line for them. So we want to hear from you. Um, what kind of traveller are you? Um, are you a planner? Are you a spontaneous soul? Um, are you a local traveller? Do you prefer foreign holidays? Where do you plan to go in 2024? You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, that was Bad Street by Twin Sister. It is 6.19. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad, and we're talking about travel and asking you, what kind of traveller are you, a planner or a spontaneous soul? And where do you plan to go in 2024? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. So Anita says... I'm definitely a planner because if I'm traveling somewhere new especially, I must make sure I make it worthwhile and do my research so I don't miss the best spots. Uh, Last year when I went to Perth, I had a whole spreadsheet on places to visit and on which day. For 2024, I'm hoping to make my maiden visit to Bali. Caveat, I've been to Perth many times but it was my boyfriend's first time so I wanted to make sure he visited all the best places. Anita, you sound like somebody I would probably not travel with or would so annoy you as a fellow traveller that you <laughs> so would Anita jump in. So also wouldn't travel with you. <laughs> no, definitely. I think <laughs> actually uh, chances are I would want to travel with you, Anita, but you would want to travel with me because, uh, yeah, I like the the serendipitous quality of just turning up. Though I have, uh, I now concede to, you know, booking my hotel before, at least for the first <laughs> couple of days uh, when I go to a new city. I think that I think is a sensible thing to do. But the rest of it, uh, I don't plan so much. But I understand where you're coming from. And because it's so easy today to book everything ahead. 
It is very easy to book things ahead. And and it's also very easy to get a sense of what you're signing up for, right? Because I, I get it, um, Sharad, in the sense that, you know, before, the spontaneity was also almost a necessity in some sense because you couldn't tell what restaurants are going to be on your street or um, where you might be able to wander to from your hotel. But these days, you know, you can open up your Google Maps and, and like literally get live location updates. So sometimes you can't resist the planning because it's so easy to plan. Yeah, but you know, even in the 80s, you know, believe me, there were <laughs> believe way, me. believe me, there were ways before the internet to plan and they came in the form of things like the Lonely Planet yes, Guide, yes. which is very detailed. I mean, not only will it tell you all the, the options you have in terms of where to stay, they literally will describe what is close by to uh, those places. So in some sense, the Lonely Planet um you know, I don't think they intended to, but they killed a lot of the spontaneity. You could, you could do, you could actually do without local knowledge and local relationships in order to get uh, by in a in a strange city. I feel like I fall somewhere in between. I. Anita, I actually would love to travel with you. I would be useless because I would let you do the spreadsheets um, and I'd let you kind of plan as long as you took into account the things I wanted to do and then built them into your spreadsheet. It's called the freeloader problem. I know it is. It is Um, because I am nothing if not thrilled to be able to go around and have someone do all this for me. But it means that the things I want to do are still accounted for. That said, I also actually have a lot of joy. Uh, I take a lot of joy in going to places where I know very little and then just kind of discovering things as long as I know that, you know, the basic safety measures are put in place. Um, So I wouldn't mind it, but I think it requires for me um, a setting of expectations. If I expected to go somewhere and I want to do X, Y, and Z, and then it turns out nothing fell into place, I might be a little disappointed. Whereas if I knew from the start, well, this is going to be the kind of holiday where I'm just kind of chilling and having coffee and, you know, looking at the stars or listening to birds, I'd I'd be quite happy to do that. Right. So there are the there is a question of personality, the planners and the the by the seat of their pants kind of uh, travelers. But there is also the fact that if you plan ahead, chances are you're going to get the great discount. So you're going to save a lot of money. And I think yes. that's the incentive to go from I'm going to travel by the seat of my pants to I'm going to uh, at least plan part, a good part of my travels. Well, Shane says, me and my family always travel on the second week of January. It's between New Year and Chinese New Year. And true or illusion, it seems to be cheaper. Shane, that is a great tip. And I think you might actually be right. Um, There are these sort of lull periods throughout the year, uh, usually right after school holidays or right after summer, where actually things are much more affordable than they usually are. Um, You might get a whole row of seats to yourself in a flight. Um, And those periods are worth looking out for. I mean, I I admit it's easier for me because I don't have children. I don't have to plan my travel around set schedules. But I think this is one way in which planning ahead can actually help. Yeah, so, but the downside, of course, is that sometimes places are in low season for a good reason. Yes, and nothing (laughs) is open. There's a monsoon, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. I mean, so there could be a reason why people don't 
flock to these places, these destinations at those times. But that said, uh, Shane, it's it's sometimes nice to be in a place when it's low season precisely because you're not having to deal with the kind of, you know, the crush of humanity, all the kinds of people, very much like yourself, looking to have a peaceful holiday. We have more planners coming through, actually. More planners than spontaneity, I must say, so far. Um, we have Steve saying, I'm a planner through and through. More specifically, I tend to plan my itinerary based on food, whether it's a local or foreign destination. I'll do tons of research. I'll figure out the routes and directions so that I won't waste time being lost. Then again, I'm trying to be a bit more spontaneous and flexible, as wonderful experiences can often come about in places that you least expect it to. Uh, The last holiday I went on, Steve, which was with a friend, um, and we went to Kolkata, um, we actually did a spreadsheet of places that we wanted to eat. They weren't set in stone, but it was a sort of, we mapped it by priority of places that we definitely wanted to eat at, um, cross-referenced with uh, days that they're open, because very important, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to wander into this biryani place and it's closed, right? Um And then the other thing that we did was um, the days, some of which you had to fix because of location. We are at this particular place on this day and therefore it's convenient to go to this place. It actually took a lot of the stress of um, planning last minute away and that meant that then we had pockets of time to just be spontaneous and we didn't feel like we were missing out. Right. So I, like I said, I admit that I'm a kind of a by the seat of my pants kind of guy, but I recently did have a holiday in, in the same city that you just mentioned. We didn't plan it. It just turned out that way. Ah, but I planned it months ahead yeah. because of a festival. And so this is one of the things you can do if you're looking ahead at a year. So 2024, what are the festivals that you want to hit? Because I'm, you know, I like art festivals and I like biennales and stuff. And, uh, and so I look out for them and I say, well, you know, what festivals could I somehow weave into some more general travel plans? Because it's it's sometimes um, a a way of having an insight into a city when you go and, uh, you know, feast on their festivals. So you went for Durga Puja. I did indeed, yeah. I went, I think, a couple of weeks after Sharad and every single local person I met kept asking me, why didn't you come two weeks earlier? You missed out Durga Puja. And I felt so formal. <laughs> I, I, I kept thinking, I should have done what Sharad did. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't have a wedding to go to, I think, which is what... That <laughs> oh, was no, I was visiting answer. relatives. Oh, you were visiting yeah. relatives. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you could have come during Durga I Puja. It would have been a crush, <laughs> but it was a beautiful crush. And I must say, um, that, that is a way I, I do, if I do any kind of planning, is to look at festivals or things uh, that are happening in a city or in a country that could be interesting. So, Jay, W is saying exactly that, saying Paris Olympics 2024. Um, that sounds great. I know tons of friends who are already planning for the World Cup. Um, I, I don't. I, I think that's a really fun and, and very exciting way to plan travel. Yeah. So sporting events, yeah. right? So I know people do the F ones. They do the the Olympics, the World Cup, uh, cricket uh, is another big thing. And um, and in fact, when I was in Kolkata, there You're was right. the, the, there was in, the, the world, world the cricket cr- World Cup cr- was happening in India. So a lot of uh, in the airport, in particular, because I flew out um, on the same weekend that the one of the events was happening in Kolkata, lots of people were flying in and they were all wearing like cricket shirts and, you know, it was quite fun. Yeah, so rugby, these are things that, I mean, I don't know how many uh, of you kind of think about sporting events as a moment to plan your holidays around. 
Keep your thoughts coming. We will continue the conversation after this. We are getting some more spontaneous travellers. Um, we will save your messages for after this. But we're asking you, what kind of traveller are you? A planner or a spontaneous soul? And where do you plan to go in 2024? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Beating fickle mindsets. BFM eighty nine point nine. The Business Station. It is 6.37. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad and we're talking about travel in 2024. It is still January after all, so plenty of time still to travel up to travel and plan to travel for the rest of the year. And we want to hear from you. What kind of traveller are you? A planner or a spontaneous soul? Where do you plan to go in 2024? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So we have an anonymous listener who is 100% a planner. So they say, not only holidays, but generally, I like to plan my day or work or social meetups. I'm not a spontaneous person by nature. It gives me something to look forward to, especially on bad days or stressful days at work. Like I know this getaway is coming in weeks or months. It gives me that oomph or energy to go on. It's a nice distraction now and then when I'm free because I'll be able to read up on blogs and articles on things to do, food to eat or what not to miss in the upcoming holiday. And then budget. It allows me to save up for a trip and to spend that money as opposed to spending first and then only paying it back. While this may be true in some cases, but not always, cheaper tickets and accommodation. I've seen this prove wrong before, but generally, though, it's true. Flights and hotels are cheaper ahead. Also, when you talk about domestic versus abroad, it's not exactly true that local travel is cheaper. There are still destinations overseas that give more value for money and maybe maybe spending not too much different for food or accommodation like Vietnam. Their service and hospitality level is another level altogether. Malaysians can learn Malaysia can learn a lot. There's so much there that I find so interesting, Anon. Um, To your point about planning ahead actually kind of allows you to extend the enjoyment of the trip even before. I I identify with that. I do this in a a more looser sense, though. Um, I have destinations in mind that I kind of want to do this year. And then I spend some of my free time just randomly reading about them, like building castles in my mind, really. Um, And think like, oh, maybe this year if I go to Taipei, this is what I might want to do. I wonder how much that would cost. I wonder where I would eat and where the art gallery might be. I may not actually have a trip booked, but I still find that fun to do. Oh, daydreaming. That's interesting because, you know, I'm, and I think it's the daydreaming and the bucket list uh, phenomena is very much um, on the same side of things, right? It's about uh, the joy we get uh, when we think about traveling to different places. And uh, I managed to do one thing on a bucket list that was only just gestating. I, I think I've come to that idea quite late in my life. But I started to read, and this was about the pyramids in Egypt, right? So I started to read, and I had this, I bought this humongous tome of a book. I think it was like 400 pages. And then I gave up at, at page 150 <laughs> or so because, you know, Shamla, honestly, if you don't have the pyramids in front of you, you reading 4,000 years of Egyptian pharaonic right. uh, history is really going to uh, it's it's not easy but i what happened when i finally did book this trip was i did start to read and i uh, i managed two books two books of history uh before i got onto that plane and you saw the pyramids 
And you know, buried the lead there, but you did. I did see the pyramids, <laughs> and it was it's such an extraordinary thing. I mean, Egypt as a destination. I think for any child growing up, uh, you know, knowing about the pyramids is yes. one of the seven wonders of the world. You can't help but be mesmerized when you actually encounter it. Actually, I think that's an interesting additional question. Are you a bucket list person? Um, I'd be curious to know. Um, do you make bucket list plans when it comes to travel? Uh, let us know. You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have uh, V saying, My plan to ski in Japan has yet to bear any fruit. Every time I plan till the part where... When I need to prepare my winter gear, I give up. Definitely a spontaneous traveler. Yeah, I, w- I wonder why, though. I mean, do you give up because it just seems too difficult to pull off or uh, it, it doesn't work out in terms of Actually, timing? winter gear can be a, a, can be a troublesome thing. I mean, if it's a trip that you can't avoid, like if you're traveling for work and therefore you just need to make sure you have a winter coat. But otherwise, actually planning a trip that involves extensive wardrobe changes that you don't already possess. Not just is it troublesome, it's expensive. This is true. Um, so you're guessing that V is tripped up by the... Sorry, I think it's the... I by want the winter to, gear? But I, I feel so. I think at the point at which you're like, oh, but to book this trip, I need to go out and make sure I have like boots and a jacket and, you know, all the under things and whatever. And then if you're a spontaneous traveler, you're usually like, ah, oh, I'd rather go to the beach. I probably have the stuff already. Yeah, so... Correct okay. me if I'm wrong, V. I <laughs> be happy to hear. I, I wonder though, you know, is there something special in 2024? So we were just reminded of the Olympics coming up, but, yes. but I don't know if there are there other big global events uh, that are happening in that are special to 2024. Like we know the World Cup only comes around once every four years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on and so forth. So, um, but because they're things that are annual, but I wonder what is special in 2024. We'll probably have to Google that during the break, Sharad. Um, we have Mizi saying, I would plan the accommodations and the transport to and back from my destination. Like Sharad, I play things by ear when I do reach the destination. I like some element of flexibility and surprise. But one thing I'm certain of is I avoid museums and zoos. I also try to avoid popular sites because they're usually filled with large crowds. The must-sees in Beijing were really crowded and I was worried about a stampede as there was a lot of rush to take selfies at some of the spots. Misi, I'm curious about why not museums and zoos um, and whether that's also got to do with them generally being crowded. Um, but I get you about maybe not necessarily wanting to do the, the the popular tourist spots because in some locations they can get quite crazy. Um, I remember at one visit... I think it was to Washington, D.C., um, The there were so many people at the Lincoln statue that my friend and I actually quit and went back and then decided to come the next day at 5 a.m. when it was empty. Ah, but you still went there, we right? We did, but but if we hadn't had that ch- uh, chance to go back in the morning, I think we would have just skipped it because it was just, it was impossible to even walk up the stairs. There were that many people Right, there. but the one thing... That- the reason things are popular is because often they're extraordinary and, and yeah. unmissable, right? So I, years ago, I went to Borobudur and I went uh, with the early birds, you know, we went really at dawn to watch the sunrise. And Borobudur is extraordinary. It's a Buddhist, ancient Buddhist uh, monument. And what was surprising for me was that, yes, I, I was struggling with other tourists, all of us trying to get a shot of Borobudur without other tourists in them. But m- more importantly, there were people worshipping there still. And I and I thought that was really quite special. And so 
yes, uh, you know, it's become a tourist, in some, in some sense, a bit of a tourist trap, but you, it's unmissable. I mean, you just have to see Borobudur if you go to that part of Java. Keep your thoughts coming. Um, are you a planner when you travel or are you a more spontaneous sort? And where are you planning to go in 2024? We also want to know, uh, do you have a bucket list when it comes to traveling? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bloggers for Malaysia. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, that was Here Is Your Temple with So High. It is 6.50. You're listening to the you're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're asking you, what kind of traveller are you? Are you a planner or are you a spontaneous soul? Where are you planning to go in 2024? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, we do have a caller on the line. Good evening, Renee. What are your thoughts? Hi. Good evening. Um, I think for two thousand twenty four, for me, my tagline is growth. So I I feel that I want to go to less travel place, and I would not say that. It's just for tourist uh, center. Maybe I would like to go to less travel place, even in my own country. I haven't been in some places Sabah and Sarawak, so I would say that this year maybe I would like to have you know uh, to share with the I mean local people, meet local people, and do some projects with them like NGO stuff like that. Because I think um, travel would also mean growing inside you, you know, like mm. spending time uh, out of your comfort zone, seeing the real world, how other people live. Maybe I, I went to this place called La, uh, Lawas. It's, uh, it's like outskirts and quite quite interesting place. Uh, how simple life is, because I almost like 90% of my life is in KL. So I would say that uh, I go to that places and I'm a planner, so I need to pull all the resources and stuff to, you know, make the trip memorable. Can, uh, Renee, can I ask you what made you turn inwards as it were? I mean, um, you know, what made you think, I haven't explored Malaysia enough? Uh, I would say that I studied and uh, worked in, in uh, KL area. And my parents live in Perak. So uh, last time, like in Google, for 2020 after COVID, I I just venture around this area. Maybe maybe I need to uh, expand my horizon to my own city because I've been abroad. But sometimes the satisfaction is, you know, it's not just from the travel itself. Because I consider myself not travel, not just tourist. I'm not. I'm not into tourist place. You know, queuing up and go to the most famous place to eat just to queue. I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm very inward. So I. I think I. W- I should. You know, going to your um, own country and 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 live with the local people and maybe contribute in some ways. Uh, in order to make the. I mean, it's a memorable thing to me. Yeah. 
Thank you, Renee. Um, you know, that's actually a lovely approach. I love that idea of, um, you know, be a traveler in your own city, actually. Um, I have a I have a bit of a break coming up soon. And, and, you know, initially I was trying to make it work and thinking of doing a bit of traveling. But because it also intersects with the Chinese New Year holidays, um, it just started feeling more and more more trouble than it was worth because places were expensive. Driving would have, you know, driving out of KL would have been difficult because of traffic. And then I just thought to myself, actually, um, much like Renee, why don't I just take it as an opportunity to kind of, quote unquote, travel around KL and do the things that I've generally wanted to have time to do. But maybe on a weekend, it also would have been crowded. Maybe do that on a weekday or yeah, just get to know my city a little better. And I think that's such a nice idea. Yeah, I like that idea too, because when it comes to a place like Kuala Lumpur or the Klang Valley, I think more generally, there, there are so many spaces that have developed over the last 25 years that I've been here that, uh, that I don't actually, I can't say with confidence, I can map the Klang Valley adequately, right, in terms of what exists in these different places and if I was a tour guide for some uh, for a, a stranger coming to, to the Klang Valley, I don't think I'd be the the greatest a tour guide because I just don't haven't mapped that. Um, but the other thing about maps is that I think sometimes when we look at maps and think about places to travel, we always think of capital cities and the, all these spaces between, yeah. right? So one of the things I want to do, uh, and I'm definitely doing it this year because a Biennale is happening, uh, and unlike museums, I like museums and art galleries, <laughs> is uh, the deep south of Thailand and Patan has a biennale and I've seen some of the art and I met some of the artists from the deep south in Thailand and they make extraordinary work and I think oh maybe this is a chance to go back after many decades and explore the deep south which is just literally north of the Malay uh, the Malaysian Thai border. That actually sounds like such a good idea. Maybe I'll copy your plan, Sharad. Yeah. You can also try Kudat because I was just talking to somebody and he, he teaches surfing uh, and he's based in Langkawi most of the time. But he says there's great surfing in Kudat, which is, you know, I think I've said this before. Uh, I was told by a relative in Sabah that uh, it's a bit of a Russian enclave now. <laughs> so, you know, maybe you can get good borscht. Is it borscht? What is it that Russians? Borscht, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. If you ever want borscht while surfing. <laughs> Apparently, Kudat's the place, <laughs> place to go. To go. Um, we have an anonymous listener who says, My beloved mother is a retired government servant. Since the start of her retirement, she's travelled to more than 30 countries and probably more than 100 cities, almost two trips per month consistently. She has her 2024 schedule booked about six months ago. She's someone who packs her second trip bag for the month when she's taking her first flight of the month. The best part, she now does it as a freelance travel agent and tour leader, where most costs are covered by the company. Additionally, she gets paid commission for recruiting and leading a tour group. Hashtag my mom is a legend. Hashtag retirement goals. Hashtag plan a clan. I am so impressed by your mom. I mean, talk about taking a passion, making it work for you and turning it into a job. Yeah, it's lovely. I, um, well, I can't say I would do such a job only because when I travel, I want to be in my own little bubble. Also, I, I don't think it's going to work to have a group and then go, hey guys, guess what? We're just wandering today. <laughs> well, See I mean, what we, you find. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, the, the people who pay you <laughs> yes. the big bucks uh, to uh, sh uh, shape their experience might not be so happy but yeah i mean this, this is an idea and i think that um retirement and travel is something that clearly is caught on globally we often travel and see 
busloads of retirees, people in their 60s and 70s and 80s traveling. Uh, and maybe it's reward for a life of hard work and focus on family and everybody else except yourself. So why not, right? Retirement should be pleasurable and holidays abroad and living the life is something I, I think does recommend itself to many people. I completely agree. And I actually think that this this idea of having your... Well, firstly, because you don't have a job, you can kind of use your time to plan your travel. Um, and I like this notion of having your schedule booked six months ahead, knowing where in the world you're going to be and what you might want to do, having your suitcase packed. I feel like this is my retirement goal as well. <laughs> but I, you're, I, to, yeah, I don't you're, know if I do it as a group, to be, to be honest. Um, um, but I do think that I want to, well, firstly, make enough money that this becomes possible. And then, um, yeah, put that into put that into action is what I, I aim to do. Well, you're a bit young to be thinking about retirement unless, as you say, you make I'll the big... i have to start building the nest egg. <laughs> you build, you, you make it big, you make the big bucks and then you retire early. I think that is clearly one way of doing it. But yeah, I mean, this is, I think, the dilemma for all of us. I, I didn't grow up rich enough to travel as a young person, it, not even after university, right? It was rare. Thing. We didn't have budget airlines then too. But then the issue is, you know, once you start working and actually had the money to travel, you didn't have the time. And so it was either you had the time and no money or you had the money but had no time. Keep your thoughts coming. We're talking about traveling, asking you, uh, do you have a bucket list? What kind of traveler are you? Are you a planner? Are you more spontaneous? You can call 777 Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Keep it here. BFM 89.9. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 7.07. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And because it is still January, because there's still lots of time to plan your travels for the year, uh, we thought we'd talk about uh, the kind of traveler you are, whether you enjoy planning ahead, setting it all down, or are you someone who kind of lets the wind take you where it will? Let us know. What kind of traveller are you? A planner or a spontaneous soul? And where do you plan to go in 2024? You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. So Yahya says, tourists come to see what they came to see. Travellers see what they see. I'm a traveller. I presume that means, Yahya, that you prefer to take things a little bit more loosely and spontaneously well it could or it just could mean that your whole attitude whether you're spontaneous or whether you plan it you're somebody who's looking for a deeper richer experience than just the services provided by you know a, a Trivago list of the top 10 things yeah. do you need to do in that city right so uh, and I think that in fact now uh, services in cities that cater to a deeper understanding of that city. So that people say, well, join us and we will help you understand uh, our city better by curating the experience for you. But this is the double-edged sword of the, the off-the-beaten-path travel experience because inevitably, the moment it becomes popular enough, it is also another tourist trap, right? Because there are so many things that... Um, 
websites will tell you ah if you don't want to do the 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 common thing to do in this place here's where all the cool travelers are hanging out but basically that means here's where all the cool people like it 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 it, it then becomes quite banal yeah potentially i mean i think in you know, many ways um uh yeah yeah you know others and myself i think you know it travels very personal right and you can make yes. of it what you want the question of what you avail yourself of and i you know i've done this in many cities which is uh to uh, go on a walking tour and i love going to walking tours either that you know say led by um a a PhD student, a graduate student who's you know deeply uh, invested in the history of that city. I've done that one of those, or something that was put together by a playwright. I recently went a couple of months ago, went on a tour, and the whole th- the thing was scripted so beautifully. They tied everything together: the the thematic concerns, the images that you saw, the spaces, and the stories that are told so beautifully. It was almost like the walking tour was a piece of theatre. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Um, you know, I'd love to see more of this sort of thing done in KL, to be honest. I feel like there's so many opportunities uh, for KL to be presented in this manner. I, I think one of the problems with a city like KL is that tourists struggle to think about what there is to do because very little is overtly, you must see this, you must go there. It's a kind of lived-in city. Um, and I actually really love traveling to places like that. It's one of the reasons why I enjoyed uh, Kolkata so much. Because it's not like there is a, you must go here and you must see this. But it's the kind of place that it's nice to wander around. And it's nice to um, look at what people are doing on the street and just sort of look at what fabrics are, uh, you know, what fabrics shops are selling and what markets are selling. And I like those experiences. Me too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'd love to know what anybody... I See, I, I'm looking for travel ideas too, myself personally. <laughs> so I, I got the Patani uh, thing, maybe that'll happen if the Biennale happens, or even Kudat. Uh, but, uh, and, well, I'm not going to go surfing because I just don't think... I can float, but I don't think I can I can balance myself on a surfboard. Uh, but I, I do think that, you know, when I listen to somebody else talk about their holiday plans, it does help me think about what I haven't done that might be different this time around. I think that that sometimes excites me too. Well, Puelim actually has a list of really interesting things. Um, our first trip abroad was from Penang to Indonesia hitchhiking, cargo boat from Singapore to Sumatra, ferry, train, coach, eventually to Bali. Um, motorbike for a week there, no plans, and we found Losmen Chandrain Denpasa uh, for two ringgit per night. Long ago. Then followed a backpacking trip uh, from London to Italy and back. My wife found looking for B&Bs deep into autumn tiring. Luckily, a cabin mate, a total stranger, took us home in London when our ferry wouldn't land in Dover because of rough seas. Our first self-drive in England and Spain was newfound freedom. Only us, uh, only we, again, sometimes ended up looking for accommodation at midnight. My wife wasn't pleased. And then in Southampton, we had a brush with drunken room service. That put paid to planned travel. Well, you say you're at Puelim, but you know, this makes for such a great story. 
Yeah, it's a great story that you can tell your, your grandchildren yeah. about. And I, from what period is this? Because it sounds like something that might have been happening. So he did say a long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing the, uh, the 80s maybe, uh, just because of the price of the Lossman. Um, but also, the, you know, there was, um, I think, a generation of Malaysian travelers, I think the 70s, who could do the overland from Malaysia to London thing because there were fewer conflicts, or at least the conflicts were contained. And so you could actually cross over through Afghanistan or you could cross through Iran, whatever all these, well, not Iran's obviously peaceful today, but you know, there was a, there was a time that wasn't. So things started to break up and it, these things became less doable, except for the very intrepid and the, you know, some people are really brave, but that sounds like something that would have taken weeks or months to do. Well, Puelim's point, though, about um, did get me thinking about how one of the things about being okay with spontaneous travel is also being okay with some degree of discomfort, right? Like the hotel that you get may not be the best. This place that you ended up having dinner at might be, in fact, terrible. Um, but it is about the experience of the spontaneity more than just the experience itself. Um, in contrast, though, Din says, I love planning travel. I'm generally an organized person and very busy. So planning travel makes me feel like I have something to look forward to and anticipate, but also like I'm utilizing my skills to do something I'm good at. My partner, on the other hand, is a spontaneous type. So traveling together has meant trying to balance that out. And I think we've managed that over the years pretty well. Also, I think the pandemic has changed the way I think about travel quite a bit. I used to think in terms of distance and wanted to do bucket list type things like seeing the Louvre and the Coliseum and the Grand Canyon. But as I've grown older and more and more disenchanted with the West, as your earlier show illustrated, <laughs> I'm finding a lot of joy in exploring countries closer to home in Asia and in finding out more about their histories and culture and seeing all the things I grew up not knowing as much of. Yay, post-colonialism. <laughs> yeah, Jen, yeah, like, uh, I, like, I like the idea that travel creates this um, sense of anticipation, right? And I think, uh, so even if you have just one trip in 2024, the fact that you have that trip is something to look forward to and uh, and maybe is a balm for the, the daily struggles <laughs> that we all have. Uh, and like you, Din, I think the post-colonial travel mindset really sh needs to arrive. I mean, at least for a, a certain set of Malaysians who have, you know, kind of looked over vast parts of the globe and gone straight to Europe or gone straight to Australia, gone straight to North America, when the world is so fascinating. South America, Africa, these continents are so rich. Uh, Southeast Asia, actually. Some of my favourite travel destinations have been Southeast Asia. And honestly, I think sometimes it's also a sense of being practical. Um, I, I said this at the start of the show, uh, Budgeting is a thing. And when I think about how I want to spend my money, um, sure, it's nice to go to Europe and, and, and have that perhaps comfort, which you may not get in some of the Asian destinations. But really, um, the level of quality of food, quality of accommodation that you can get um, versus staying at, I don't know, a hostel, um, it, it makes a big difference. Sometimes I want to be able to uh, not think about conversion rates quite so much when I travel, right? Um, keep your thoughts coming. We will continue the conversation after this. Uh, we want to know what kind of traveler are you? Are you a planner or are you a spontaneous soul? Uh, what are your travel plans for 2024? 
you can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Building First World Malaysians. BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. It's 7.17. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. We're closing off our conversation on travelling um, and asking you, are you a planner or more spontaneous when it comes to travel? Where do you plan to go in 2024? You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. Willa says... I love, love planning most of my trips, but I don't necessarily stick to them. This sounds like me, Willa. I love planning. Actually, I get a lot of joy in the notion of um, just looking at things, planning, making lists. But I don't feel like that locks me into having to do that necessarily. Yeah, well, I'm so since I'm not much of a planner, except for the broad things, uh, you know, when you arrive and when you leave. But is the research not fun for you? I do research. Yeah. I do research, but I don't, I think I just want a set of things in my head, but I also like the meaning uh, that comes from the people I meet and the the things they suggest to me and the sense of discovery, I think, is is something I like. Though, I mean, I'm willing to try anything out. So I, I like Abdul Wahid's ideas. He says, travel ideas can consider being a volunteer at WUF, that's W-W-O-O-F. Sorry, well, I was going to say zero zero. <laughs> um, you want to travel the world, but aren't sure how to fund your multi-city or multi-country adventure? For over forty years, apparently, students and interested adults have donated their time to woofing. That's worldwide opportunities on organic farms, in exchange for food and housing all over the world. So, woofing is your window. T- this sounds like a promo, Abdul Wahid, but I, but I like it. I like the idea. I'm just I'm googling it right now because I, if they can accept people in their fifties with a bad back, uh, well, I'm well, going. Why not, right, Sharad? Um, and it actually reminds me of all of those um, travel while work opportunities that used to be really popular in, say, New Zealand uh, for quite a while, where you can pick berries on a farm but also get some time to travel. We do have a caller on the line. Uh, good evening, Roberto. What are your thoughts? Hi, Jamila and Sharat. Good evening. Well, good evening. I'm kind of a go-with-the-flow traveler. I try to plan or at least I research what uh, are the sightseeing or the most must visit places at the uh, location that I would like to travel, but I don't necessarily stick to them. And regarding if I go to Europe or overseas or anything, I prefer to stick with Southeast Asia. There are so many places to visit. It's so fascinating from historical locations to nature. Just exploring Sava or even the peninsula time to visit all those camping areas, those villages, and to probably homestay. I have tried that one, and uh, really, really amazing. So yeah, I, I prefer to go with the flow, just like how my spirit will like to go. <laughs> Roberto, can I ask you a question? You sound very young, but I suspect uh, I you, have ch- <laughs> you, you have children. And I- is it, do you see a generational shift uh, in the young people that you interact with about what they think travel should be like? Yes, definitely. While my wife and myself will like to travel like sail, I mean, uh, in that sense, my teenage daughter, oh my God, <laughs> it's a totally different ball game. If she is coming with us, 
Oh, we really need to plan for her. <laughs> Thank you, Roberto, for calling. Um, I, I again, I'm a big fan of traveling in Southeast Asia, so I'm really glad uh, that you agree with me. Um, I, I also think that there's something to this notion of changing ideas of travel, right? Because uh, earlier, I think it was Mizi talking about how what a how annoying it was to be gathering in places uh, where there are people, too many people taking photos and so on. It's increasingly become a thing that you now have to contend with people filming videos or filming reels or TikToks in a lot of these places. I get it. It does annoy me, though, when it's, say, in a museum in front of a display and you've been in it in front of it for 20 minutes when other people want to see what it is. Yeah, well, that's just the ethics of dealing with... um yeah, I mean, it, it, there's also this other thing, philosophically, the idea that you're the kind of traveler for whom what you're seeing is really just the backdrop for yourself, right? So it's, it's that kind of traveler, the traveler for whom uh, this beautiful scenery, you're not really invested in a deep understanding of, of what that is, the pyramids. And I did see TikTokers do this in, at the pyramids um, uh, in Giza, but um but that's them, right? I mean, the whole point is anybody can travel in any way they want to. I mean, that's the, the beauty of it. Monif says, I have anchor events or destinations. I have a thing or two I want to do and see. So as long as that happens, I don't sweat the details and approach it rather spontaneously. I took the wife to see Raffles here in Hutan Balom last Christmas for our first year anniversary. Where to sleep, what to eat, tentatives. I figured it out barely a week before we went. All I knew is that we were going to see the Raffles years, And luckily we did on the last day of its bloom. Turns out they die after only blooming for seven days. So we got lucky. Maybe I should plan a wee bit from here on. Yeah, well, I mean, so how do you plan when it's about nature, right? Um, well, people, yeah, I mean, the, the raffles here blooming is really one of those things that you can plan. And if you're lucky, you're lucky. Yeah, you know, I, I, I promise never to mention this again, but uh, I did go to the Ulamuta Forest Reserve. <laughs> and um, They should at some point start paying you royalties. But <laughs> mentioning the number of elephants I saw. And, you know, people say, you know, we, we might not ever see an elephant. But so that's the other thing that's quite beautiful especially when you're in nature, you can't plan it. Nobody can truly plan it. I do, though, like this approach of having anchor events and destinations, Munif. And, and increasingly, I'm realizing I think I might be that. I think I'm the kind of person for whom there are two or three things that I really, really want to do. And then everything else, I'm quite happy to let it take its course. We do have a voice note that's come in. This is from Sri. Talking about uh, trips and planning, right? Uh, I'm not a planner. Uh, unless I'm going with my family or friends in a bigger group, yes, you know, there's agenda, uh, you know, lots of interesting places to cover and all that. But last year I started travelling to Bali for Nyapi Day, the Day of Silence, right? So uh, if you look it up, Nyapi Day is uh, the fifth day of the Balinese Hindu calendar, right? And I'm going again this year. Just like last year, I'm not going to plan anything, I'm just going to go there bask in the silence, you know, just um, enjoy uh, whatever, you know, that come across on the street. Um, and yeah, that's it. So there's no planning. I prefer ad hoc. That's really nice, Sri. Um, I mean, I suppose there's a little bit of planning because you need to kind of coordinate the calendar and you have to be there for the event. Uh, but then 
I guess in in to to link it to what Munif said, that's your anchor. Your anchor is Nyapide, uh, but then you don't really sort of sweat everything else. Yeah, the, the the what's what's even more fascinating in some ways is that you're planning to go on a day where there is where nothing happens. Yes, because usually when you plan a trip to Bali, most of the guides will say, make sure you don't end up there on their day of silence because everything will be closed and you can't do anything. Um, so I find it really fascinating, Sri, that for you that's actually the draw. But I can see why, because it is such a, it's sort of such a mean, it's a meaningful time to be there, right? And you get to kind of observe it in your own way. Yeah. And uh, again, like every traveler has something they want to extract from the experience. And it could be something as meditative as Napidia. I've never been to Bali during that uh, day, but I've only read about it. Um, So yeah, that's a very interesting one. Tony says, a good road and city map is still the best way to get around if you're driving. We drove from Sungai Kolo, southern Thailand, to Ayutthaya in the north, stopping spontaneously at Wats, markets, and off-the-cuff beaches and bays. Ate everywhere from five-star to roadside stalls. No plan, but it was the best holiday. Tony, I love road trips. I love unplanned road trips. So this sounds like an amazing holiday for me. Yeah, Tony, you know, this is the only reason I regret not knowing how to drive. You just need to find a friend who'll drive you. That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, then it is, it'd be the VW Combi. <laughs> uh, you know, get into that van and then you have your, your and you can sleep in the van and you can travel. I, this is my retirement plan, really. Uh, first, I need to find, find a, friend. a friend who wants to drive with me. <laughs> uh, and then the VW Combi, we're going to have to buy that, I think. And then would you, are you good with maps? I'm curious. I'm very good at oh, maps. So, so you, you yeah. served your purpose. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you need an, a navigator... I'm up for it. Please DM me after the show. <laughs> uh, Yang says, Like the earlier listener, I prepare a spreadsheet with times and things to do and other options, but I'm open when something spontaneous comes up and I wouldn't be too concerned if I miss my schedule. Another two things, I want to walk as much as possible as I work in an office job and I always learn some basic phrases and the culture of the places that I'm going to. I really like that. Um, I also don't walk a lot on my daily job, so I I actually really like the opportunity to be able to walk around when I'm on break. Yeah, and then picking up picking up the language is another yeah. wonderful thing, right? Um, my favorite expression from Vietnam is "mr," <laughs> which is the way you call somebody, you're calling somebody to help you open the the door to the hostel. Oh well, I. I tend to not retain them. But when I'm there, I often feel very proud and local uh, to be able to order food or whatever. Um, Husni says, I definitely am a planner when it comes to traveling because I want to get the most out of my trips. However, since I started working, it's been quite challenging to plan extensively. In fact, I'm planning to travel to Cambodia next month and I've yet to sort out all the arrangements. Maybe I'll start embracing a little spontaneity from now on. Husni, that must be quite anxiety inducing if you're a planner but you haven't yet planned but I think some spontaneity wouldn't be too bad to be honest. I've been to Cambodia and partly for work so I went to do some election monitoring in in Pailin which is on the border with Thailand and Batambong was a beautiful little but crumbling little colonial town <laughs> uh, I mean Cambodia is, is a place to recommend if you can get beyond the garishness that I think has beset parts of the more modern city of Phnom Penh that's all the time we have for today uh, thank you so much for all these travel ideas and approaches uh, and keep your thoughts coming you can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or whatsapp 18 789 
tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.